0: The latest on the world game. This is Four Four Two Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A League. Be part of the action this season.
1: Hello, and welcome to this week's Four Four Two Insider podcast. I'm magazine editor Trevor Tran. Joining me this week is online editor Kevin Ez. Hello, um, Jacko's still away on his um, coaching course. Um, but he he will be back with us next week. Now, Kevin, we've got no excuses for this not being a good podcast. Um, <laughs> fantastic previous round in the A League, series of contentious issues. soccer is to preview. It should be, it should be good, shouldn't it? So let's see if we can mess that up by starting with A League round five. See if we can do an Ian Ferguson on it. <laughs> um, Starting with Adelaide, Melbourne Heart, um, you know, the, the story here, the headline here was Melbourne Heart blowing the lead yet again. Um, you'd imagine Adelaide would be a little bit disappointed as well, that they've um, not really kicking on with what looks like one of the best squads in the league. What did you make of this one?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's strange. I mean, you're just waiting for Adelaide to find top gear. Uh mm. and you know, really get into action and until they do. My fancy football league is dying on its arse. Um, but I think, you know, the more serious concern is Melbourne Heart because mm. you can't really see where the improvement's going to come from there. Uh, you know, they, they've got a full squad. They can't sign anyone else apart from maybe, I guess, star player for 10 games. Um, where are the goals going to come from? Uh, how are they going to stop throwing away leads? Mm. Um, it's it's it looks like it's a management issue more than anything.
1: Yeah, no, you, you can't see there being you can't see John going before the end of the season, can you? You, you wouldn't you'd think, think so. you'd I get mean, the whole campaign. You
0: know, Hart seem to have a very happy ship. You know, it all seems to be running smoothly. Mm. There's no discord or disharmony. But results certainly are not going their way. Yeah, and they become the new whipping boy of uh, the A League, and I'm not sure that's necessarily what everybody was intending for them to yeah. be.
1: Yeah, it, it's quite tough on them because, as you say, the, the club is very well run, and everyone involved with the club, you know, works hard, and s- they seem to do the right things. You yeah. know, everything from the, the the coach recruitment, the player recruitment, you know, the way they built the club up, um, has been great. But at the end of the day. You need results. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and that didn't happen last campaign, but that was okay because that was the first campaign. The second time, it's a new squad, but they're looking to sort of be heading on, on the fringes of the final again, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Melbourne Hart, Adelaide, as we say, you know, you can see that there is potential there. Yeah. And if they don't reach the potential, then it's purely down to and he's got to go. Yeah. That's simple. With Hart, I can't see where the, what they can do this season. Uh, that's going to be different and motivational talks I just don't think are going to be enough they they need something significant to happen there.
1: yep on to the second game we've been harking on for a few weeks here about how Wellington will probably do okay this season because they've always got their home form to fall back on exactly yes so they lost this weekend 2-1 to Central Coast a uh, late Matt Simon goal there providing the winner um Real problems at the Phoenix, considering how many points we can expect them to pick up on the road this season?
0: Well, you know, they've also... The Fortress-Phoenix thing was the, the, the ace trump card, always. Um, but they have been picking up one or two points on the road already this season. Mm. Um, but they're going to have to,
1: haven't
2: they? I've yeah, bet.
0: yeah. Uh, but losing at home... Is got to be a bitter pill for them to swallow, Uh, especially to the Mariners who just haven't been doing. I've been underperforming this season. Yeah, Uh, you know, or maybe they just overperformed last season. Who knows? Um, But. to, to lose at home like that is going to be tricky for uh, Phoenix. They have to come up with better than that. Uh, and But they've not been getting the, the rub of the green with the refs, I think. you know. Yeah, no, you
1: could say that. Uh, understatement. They've
0: seen some of the worst decisions. Uh, we did a top ten ref calls uh, in the A-League, worst eight ref calls in the A-League this season, on the website this week. And uh, Phoenix have seen more than their fair share of them, especially this season.
1: Yeah. Um, one person I wanted to talk to you about, and that, who got the winner there, was Matt Simon. Now Matt Simon is one of those players which divides fans it divides everyone, doesn't they really because he he does have his supporters about um you know how hard he works and you know, how many goals he chips in with, but there are a lot of people that really hate Matt Simon, which side are you on I'm a reluctant admirer of his
0: you know i I think I would like to see him in a different team and see how he does with a different setup mm. um because he isn't a glamorous striker
1: no he's industrial isn't he's, he and they're, they're yeah. never particularly he's popular
0: he's a, a, a t- was somebody described it, a tackling striker yeah uh uh whereas i think you know if he was in a more glamorous side we might s- perceive him differently you know when he's he's got that kind of environment around him where everybody, where there is no real glamour players. Yeah. Um, where it's, it's all very industrious. It's a it's hard-working side. Yeah. He's going to get tired of the same brush. Take him out of that environment, put him in a Brisbane Roar shirt, and you might see a whole different side to him.
1: Yes, maybe. Um, moving on to the next game, Newcastle Jets, who we were expecting to struggle um, quite desperately, and we weren't expecting to score many goals. Picked up a, a very useful 2-0 win. Jeremy Brockie with a... Quick fire brace in the first half to send uh, glory with uh, another miserable away day that we've come used to from from previous seasons. Um, Newcastle, you know, find themselves in a in a great position near the top of the table now, but is that something that they're going to maintain? Yeah, they're channeling their EPL insects, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, surprise overachievers.
0: overachievers. Yeah, um, I don't know if they can last, but it's good to see you know uh, them continuing at the moment. Michael Bridges coming back from. Uh, retirement to, to join the squad's an interesting move. I'm not quite sure that's going to pan out. He did lose, miss a lot of games uh, prior to his retirement with his knee injury. They just lost Jason Kalina because of his knee injury. They've brought back somebody out of retirement with a knee injury. Yeah, uh, It sounds like it's not necessarily going to be the answer to their prayers, but they're traveling well at the moment, so... They're, Probably just hop in the bandwagon and see how it goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've not got a lot to lose, really, have they? I mean, I don't think anyone expects them to make the finals or even be threat in the finals. So the fact they're up there at the moment is a bit of a bonus. I mean, I... Us- Great to see Jerry Brocky getting a couple of goals. It's more have they got a striker that's going to consistently score all season? Well, this is a but I mean, Brocky's
0: goals. Just going back to them were superb. <laughs> yeah, I mean they really were absolutely class and quality uh, goals, calmly taken. I mean they were like training ground goals. It was like the the goals you score at the end of training yeah. when you're just knocking the ball away uh, before you walk off to the, the sheds. Um, beautiful goals. Um, if he can start. Stepping up and producing those all the time, then it's a whole different story. But by the same token, you know they've already got a great record under their belt uh, Mm. this early in the season. That can be enough with our short seasons. Mm. Uh, Just you know, even if they get mediocre results from now until the end of the season, that could be enough to see them into the finals
1: and glory. I mean, glory. (laughs) (laughs) That's. I mean, no no doubt that's a team that should be there or thereabouts. It's just
0: heartbreaking to see a great squad mm. not being used properly
1: yeah. I mean
0: uh, the thing that annoys me most about Glory is is Fergie but his attitude as well he didn't choose andresinho uh, mm. uh to start the game he makes the decision he realises at half time that he's stuffed up he brings andresinho on and the game turns around mm. and then afterwards he blames the players yeah. uh, for not performing in the first half well, yeah. you know the the answer's obvious. You stuffed up, mate. Yeah. You didn't have Andres on. And it wasn't the player's fault. You've had a great squad up to now. Why mess it up? Uh, you know, when you had a winning formula, when you had a great player bringing you know speed and flair to the game, why leave him on the bench? Mm.
1: And that's the kind of game we need to win. And with all due respect to the Jets, going away to the Jets. Um, you have to target a win, really, if you're serious about a top four. If you're going to win away from home this season, then mm.
0: you know Jets would be one of the weak points that you think you have to get past. Yeah. Uh, and you know perform admirably against. And you know raising the white flag the way they did in the first half uh,
1: with the squad selection just isn't going to work. Mm. Bizarre. Um, On to undeniably the game of the rounds. Um, it was before the start of it, and it certainly was. By the end of it, Melbourne victory, Brisbane raw, Nine-man Melbourne victory holding on for a 2-2 draw um, for the majority of the game. Um, I don't think anyone expected that to happen. Um, what, did, what did you think of this one?
0: Um, I thought it was one of the most astonishing games we've seen in the A-League. Uh, the first half especially was just rollercoaster. Hmm. Um, but and the second half was just a, a lesson. In parking the bus, and yeah. defending. Uh, you know, it, w- it wasn't glamorous football in the second half, but by God, it was effective. Uh, and you can't expect you know a victory to do anything else. But by the same token, Ro- Roar were playing quite clever football in certain ways. Mm. You could see them trying to to stand back and draw. Pass amongst themselves to draw victory out to create gaps to run into, but victory were just playing superbly well uh, and uh, you know maintained their uh, their position. The first half though was just something else uh, that the it was just incredible to watch the the events unfold the um, first half the the first sending off with Kovic was fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly a bit rash to, to get yourself put yourself in a position where you could be sent off after just two minutes and you're the goalkeeper and you know you've only got a 19 year old or something on the bench.
1: We did well at, at times didn't he did he? great yeah uh,
0: I mean I don't think you can fault him for you know the penalty
1: or uh, Archie's goal because mm. Archie was on fire I mean everyone, everyone who's met Archie or he's such a great guy isn't he and really enjoys playing his game so I'm always delighted to see him score and in that context, that was sort of classic Archie Thompson, and the goals he's been getting this season, he's been getting them. Yep. you know, <laughs> he's yep. having to generate them himself. Yeah, um, where you think that the supply would be fairly great for him this year. I think one thing I think about this game and for victory in the context that was a great result to get a point out of playing, you know, Brisbane Raw with nine men, but in the wider context, I wouldn't get too excited because, as you say, they. They park the bus. I mean, sometimes if you if you watch some La Liga games, um, and you can do it in football, you can you know park the button just defend because it's a lo- it's a low scoring game. It's possible to hold on. Um, you see it in La Liga when some teams play Barcelona or some part time teams in the cup play Barcelona and they only lose one nil and it's hold as a great result. But they play eleven defenders really, yeah. <laughs> really and Absolutely. they're just holding yeah. on. For, for, you know, so victories still have to think. Um, that we're what, you know, five games in and they've only won one of them, they've had three home games and they haven't won at home yet.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the main thing, main lesson that's going to come out of that four victory though is the team spirit. You know, the, mm. as a bonding exercise, that's going to be huge. That's going to be one of those landmark games to look back on where, you know, if they, they ever need to dig deep in a game, they say, look, we did this against straw Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a foundation for them to build on.
1: It does a few years ago when, um, when West Ham stayed up, we, we lost to Tottenham 4-3 and that was the turning point because we run them so close and we played so well and everyone yeah. sort of dug in and, and sometimes it can be the results you don't think that can turn it around but we'll have to wait and see if that's going to be the case for victory um, the final game of the round I'm not sure if it was uh, it certainly <laughs> sounds like it was a brilliant game when you read the match report but it was, it was actually sort of arduous at times but it ended up being 3-2 to Sydney FC um, against the Gold Coast a hell of a comeback victory um, with a carcasousel last minute penalty winning it for um for f c um, talk about character again and you know coming back from that score to win three twos um exactly the sort of thing sydney needs to to show and, and gold Coast again probably performing better than the many people well, thought they were going to.
0: yeah again that 's i think the important lesson to to bear in mind here Gold Coast did play extremely well uh And Sydney played very, very well. I mean, that was the best performance I've seen from them in a long time, actually. Mm. Uh, Emerton Cool, and uh, Boskart were just superb. Uh, Three standouts for me. Um, But then again, Gold Coast United, this is not necessarily a strong Gold Coast United squad. Mm. Um, They've also been overachieving as far as what people's expectations were. Uh, And Massey Richter's was virtually anonymous for the entire game. Yeah. Uh, yet they still scored two goals against Sydney. They almost got a draw. Is that necessarily good enough? You know, yeah. uh, they got two goals against Sydney. Sydney should have been looking at a clean sheet if their main strikers, you know, kept out of the game completely. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's good for them to, to win at the, the last minute. It was an exciting match in the end, in the second yeah. half. Uh, first half, not so much, um, but I wouldn't necessarily say this is, you know, a, a sign of the, the change coming. Hopefully, it is because the league needs a strong Sydney.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think from Gold Coast's point of view, to to be two 0 up with half an hour to go and lose is always disappointing, regardless oh, of the context, yeah. regardless if you're you're home and away. Um, that's not um, not the best way to uh, end up. The game, but that's all we've got for um, for week five of the A League. Um, join us in part two, where we'll have a chat of well, some pretty contentious local news um, and a few you know, not black and white talking points to have a chat about, so join us in section two.
2: The December issue of 442 Magazine is on sale now. Inside is a special report on the reignited Manchester rivalry, as Man U and Man City do battle for the EPL title. We speak to Ashley Young and Sergio Aguero about the contest. Elsewhere, we interview misfiring Chelsea striker Fernando Torres, catch up with Socceroo hotshot Josh Kennedy, plus interview Han Berger, Tony DiRigo and Billy Mehmet.
1: The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to Section 2 of the 442 Insider podcast. Now, Kevin, let's work our way through some of this news. Um, Let's start in Melbourne with the Melbourne Victory red card. Um, Matthew Foschini was hit with uh, an extra one-week ban for his red card at the weekend as the FFA branded it frivolous. Yeah, content, I mean the amount of comments on this story suggests that it's a big talking point. Yeah, it? I mean it's, it's it. a very
0: divisive issue, and it's unfortunate that uh, the actual official terminology within the the, the rules uh, refer to unnecessary appeals as being frivolous. Yeah, uh, because it makes it sound wrong. To mm. be honest, uh, it wasn't necessarily. It, I, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'm a bit of a, a streber when it comes to refereeing. Minimal cards, uh, minimal contentious decisions. Let the game flow. Let the game flow as much as possible uh, and use you know voice as authority. But having said that, I would have been reaching for a card when uh, Fiskini's tackle went in. Uh, I would have given him a yellow myself. Mm. And I think at the time I was watching it, I thought the referee was going to do the same as well. Uh, but he then looked at Thomas Broich Yeah On the floor Writhing in agony uh, And changed his mind And reached for the red instead y- uh, that's, that's where you've got the problem Because victory Just days before this game Were saying There was a quote from Djurakovic Insisting that referees Protect A-League players Like Kuhl Yeah Thomas Broich is Brisbane Roar's cue, Yeah, the referee protected him uh, by taking stiff action for what was, you know, a careless tackle. Mm. Uh, it was a bit of a lunge. It was studs up. There wasn't the huge connection. It wasn't necessarily a red card in everybody's book, but the fact that
1: it could be a red card was enough to make it a red card and to make the appeal unnecessary. Sure. I'm- FFA have come out to defend the referees and the the match review panel. Mark Shield, who's the FFA referee director. Interesting stuff. I've, I've always gone on about how referees don't come out enough and explain decisions. or you know, I actually approached Mark Shield about six months ago to ask him to write a column for us each month explaining the decisions. Um, he refused, but that's now his job, um, which is quite an interesting role, isn't it? And, and mm. something that you don't often get um, across the leagues. And he's come out, you know, he was on... Um, Fox Sports FC he's been everywhere this week yeah ch- chatting about it which um. it's good
0: to see you know uh, and you know I think it, it does give a bit of balance to it uh, Victory fans you know bitterly unhappy about it and to slap him with an extra week for making a frivolous appeal that that's quite a tough call uh, yeah. I mean i wouldn 't have uh, backed that idea, but it does draw a line in the sand unfortunately that uh, if you go and studs up you 're going to you stand a chance getting red card, and if you do get red carded don 't even think about appealing against it
1: yeah, I mean they call that frivolous but you should see some of the emails I sent to FFA <laughs> asking for this and that that 's probably what I meant to the second main contentious talking point from this week was the Anthony Golick. Um, tweet that that went out that he, I suppose, at first felt was uh, a private message to his brother. Um, it was uh, a de- deeply homophobic rant, there's, there's no denying that whatsoever, directed at referees B- Ben Williams. I'm,
0: I'm weary of calling anybody homophobic, uh, personally. The rant was, though? No, I wouldn't necessarily say it was, to be honest. I, I think it was, it was stupid, misguided, uh, and it was disrespectful and just showed a complete lack of awareness, I wouldn't necessarily say it was homophobic. He is homophobic, or the rant was homophobic. It was a stupid, stupid thing so
1: if, to, to say or tweet. So if, if, if Ben Williams was black and they called him a black idiot, you wouldn't think that was racist?
0: <sighs> He's But Ben Williams isn't homosexual.
1: I don't know if he is, but I mean... But whether he is or not,
0: you know, he it's, it's a stupid use of a, homo- of a term as an insult. It's mm. refer- referencing somebody's sexuality, somebody else's sexuality, as an
1: insult against someone.
0: Yes. That's, you shouldn't be doing that. No, no, no. That's no, no. all that oh, no, th- yeah. We can uh, certainly uh, I agree mean, it's uh, wrong, but yeah. but um, it, it,
1: he wasn't using, you know, the, implying that he was gay in a if, positive if way. I was to it say, was in a negative way. If I was to say you were a black idiot... yeah. That's that's just stupid. Yeah, it's not racist. It's stupid. Cause, yes, it is. Yeah, but, uh, but but the the reason that he used you know the the terms gay and accusing being homosexual was that that is a derogative thing to be that he was belitt- He was trying to belittle Ben Williams. Yes, I don't, uh, I'm not sure he put that much thought into it. I just uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it, 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 it was it, he was trying to hold Williams up to ridicule.
1: Yes. Uh, and, you know, you don't use people's sexuality to do that. That's, I mean, to, to, to be honest, with you, I, I associate that with, with school children. Yes, You know, exactly. they, they, when they don't really understand how you know, things like that work and you, yeah. you might call a friend. I mean, I, I'm very surprised that someone... Um, he's just... he's his age. Look, look tw- he's, he's
0: 21. It is, it is common in society these days to thoughtlessly refer to things that aren't right as gay or homo or whatever, yeah, that's society. That doesn't necessarily make it right. No. Uh, It doesn't make it right at all. And I can understand certain people not necessarily understanding that, especially from a sports environment where, you know, the culture is very different. Mm. Um, But what really disappointed me was when he made his official apology uh, at great length through the club. Uh, where he didn't address that side of things at all. And merely the club obviously wrote it for him, and they merely tried to cover the back with the FFA and p- apologise directly to the referee and ignoring anybody else that might have been offended by it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree that it was... I mean, apologies are supposed to be good because you're given the time to write them and make sure you get the tone um, completely correct. Do you know, at once, I'd, I went to a picnic recently, Kevin, let me tell you, it's story. I. Um, I took along a quiche, big fan of the egg-based pastry dish, and um, there was wide accusations I was a homo. Real men don't eat quiche. Do you think that's? But the thing is, I what, like quiche. I love quiche. But mm. do you think that if quiche was called egg pie, <laughs> right, and it had a more manly term, mm. that it would be more accepted by men? Yeah, I think if you could probably throw in some vindaloo or madras in there as well. Mmm, some know, sort of, I mean, if you say, well, that's a curried egg pie. Yeah. No one can have a curry for no. that. Yeah, you'd be but fine. But it's just that word, quiche, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that... <laughs>
0: Goes great with a VB.
1: Yes, yeah. Well, I just think it's a a, a fine thing to eat at a picnic. Um, the
0: thing, I mean, in the wake of the Gulich thing, it's been a huge debate in our forums, obviously. Yes. Uh, which, and quite divisive, divisive uh, between some people but it does fill me with i'm very very pleased to see so many people coming out uh and actually you know understanding what the the issue is Mm. uh and you know i I don't think we should have a witch hunt against golich it's Mm. not about golich he's a silly silly boy who said something silly uh and hopefully you know Somebody can point out the error of his ways beyond insulting a referee. It's not just insulting a referee. It's insulting everybody. I mean, the whole we are football thing. There is a huge uh, gay community that enjoys football too. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that they have separate clubs isn't because they're trying to be diversive. They're trying to enjoy the football. They're trying to play the game because it's, sometimes it's quite hard for the uh, gay players to join conventional teams because of the attitudes that are enshrined in many
1: people. Well, completely. I mean, the, the amount of openly gay professional footballers. I mean, there's a th- about two or three, I think, there's been in. in I'm sort not sure of, there's even been that many. Well, there the, just was in, Justin fashion just wasn't there? And, and I believe there was a German player who, who was openly gay. There, there was one more recently that was a, um, a a Belgian player, like a not a top player or anything, who ended up going into gay porn instead. That was featured in the in the magazine, but in terms of what we know about the rates of homosexuality in the community, it's definitely not representative. No, yeah. and, and it's not like you have to know because it's a, a, yeah. an important part. It, that, that's not the point. It's the fact that people don't talk about it because people aren't comfortable talking about it or it's not no, something that's would, as part of the because be vilified by it. Uh, yeah.
0: And, you know, Justin Fashnu ended up topping himself. Of course, yeah. Uh, uh, which, you know... Th- it wasn't directly related to his football career, but it was
1: directly related to sexuality and the persecution uh, and, he faced for it. And an in, an incident which happened, I believe, was in the US where that's I think right. he was accused, yeah. wasn't he? Um, moving on from that that heavy issue, not the rebranding of Keish. That will. Uh, <laughs> that
0: will uh, <laughs> but I think
1: that's something for us to bear in mind. <laughs> well, I mean, just maybe get s- in touch with Ginsters about that. Yeah, no, they exactly. don't have Guinsters over here do they no um, but that, that's all I think quiche needs is just a more manly rebranding and yeah it's, um, it's as soon as you put <laughs> into, uh, into a
0: meal it, it kind of takes its manliness qu- away qu- quince paste yeah, yeah that's no, not great though is it? that's I mean. not great uh, no. no I think we need to work on the name first and foremost
1: excellent well I'm going to drop everything else this afternoon and get working on that um, tweet
0: you- tweet is in your,
1: your uh, suggestions oh, Ah. Yeah. <laughs> New quiche. New. The hashtag, new quiche. New quiche. Yeah. What can be called? Yeah. Um, the y- Young Socceroos 4-1 victory over Indonesia has guaranteed them a place in the ASC Under-19 Championships next season. Uh, sorry, next year, shall I say. Um, I don't know if you know much about this. Jamie uh, McLaren with a hat-trick. Um, I mean, a name that we don't often talk about that that much um, Terry Antonis mm. chipped in with the, the other goal in that 4-1 victory um, do you know much about Jamie?
0: no nothing at all to be honest excellent So, so more, yes. more, no, um, more great insight from us <laughs> the interesting thing about this though is um, Jan Vosley the head coach announced he was uh, quitting at the end of the year mm. uh, after coming in for some fierce criticism following the, the two disappointed <laughs> from yourself <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> 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 make it sound like <laughs> it's other people uh, Yeah, from uh, after the the two uh, Youth World Cups, uh, which ended up in dismal failure. Uh, But since he announced he was uh, leaving, Mm. he's turned in a series of win after win after win. Some of them quite impressive. I mean, okay, 12-0 against only Macau, but it was still Uh, 12-0. 4-1 against Indonesia. Only Indonesia, but, you know,
1: it qualified
0: for the... uh, Under-19
1: championships So he's going out In a blaze of glory At least Um, This story We touched on earlier Newcastle Jets um, Basically just Going around the club See if anyone Fancies playing again Um, Michael Bridges Put his hand up um, Sorry to come out of time I think anything He plays is a bonus Really isn't it I don't think we can Rely too heavily on. Yeah uh, I mean He is a great he was an absolutely standing
0: striker in his day. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's put in some good shifts in the A League, but they've been increasingly few and far between. So, you know, if he makes it for a couple of games, then all good and well. Uh, if he scores any goals, double bonus. I don't
1: think he's necessarily going to be the answer to the Jets problem, though. No. Um, Miran Blyberg couple of things to say about Miron Um, first of all the the Blyberg I'm a coach not a comedian he said to great laughter Um, (laughs) while wearing a a wet one of these flowers that squirts at you exactly while telling him about his new one four three six Batman symbol (laughs) formation Um, but we we do love Miron we talk about it on the podcast quite often and he and as it says in the article that's currently up online it it does um, you know gloss over some of his coaching ability, which he has got, hasn't he? I mean, uh, you know, that's not a particularly great Gold Coast team, and I think they seem to be starting better than many people would have expected. Um, that's one point about Miran but also he's, he's, well, in hot water or potentially in hot water with FFA for his post match rant after the Sydney game.
0: Yeah, uh, well, Gullich was talking about homos, Blyberg was talking about homies.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but. Last year, the A-League quietly gave players and coaches the green light to be more controversial uh, post-match. Okay. uh, And allowed them to to criticise decisions. Uh, But the directive was specifically, don't criticise the man. Yeah. Uh, And unfortunately... Lieberg seems to have strayed over that line and has gone for the, on the attack for the
1: actual uh, referee himself. Gollick definitely didn't get that right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he didn't have the brief on that one at all. Um, but yes,
0: uh, he's, he's just stepped over the line slightly and uh, gone a bit of a, a direct rant against the capabilities of uh, I think it was Peter Green, was it?
1: Yeah. Um, who doesn't love a rant? Um, Harry Kuehl chipping in on the with a few comments about uh, you know some of the press I'll, I'll say exactly what he said um, you know when when he was asked how he felt he was getting on or he was slightly off his best he goes I, I don't know you guys seem to have a pretty good idea about that so I'll let you comment on, <laughs> on again <laughs> on that again yeah again um, it's it's interesting about Harry I mean how many press conferences has he done how many media interviews well, have he, you've done in his career um, and I don't think he's not the most polished
0: Well, speaker, is he? It's strange. I was actually just thinking this walking up the road uh, the other day. I can't remember that many interviews with him before um, the last World Cup,
1: directly. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, he, he does a lot of print, obviously. Mm. Um, but TV, I don't really remember too many at all at Newcastle. I remember a couple when he was at Leeds, uh, which mm. mainly focused on whether or not he hung out with uh, Mark Viduca, uh, and the two of them didn't hang out together.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but really, you know. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's a good point. I mean, it's, uh, at Liverpool, it's not like he would have been pulled in from any well, press conferences. It, it, he hardly
0: made any appearances. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. He wasn't really uh, front and centre for their, their campaign. They had other players that would have been speaking before him.
1: Mm, but I mean, you, you compare that to, you know, say, like Lucas Neal, who's very thoughtful and articulate and, and really sort of nails. He almost does that politician thing of giving good answers without really without saying anything. yeah, without really saying anything, yeah. which is kind of at times what their job is. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting to see sort of Harry thrust into the limelight in a way that um, perhaps he's never been really. Mm, if you look, yeah. at, you know, where he's been elsewhere in his career. Um, excellent, well that, that's all the local news Some of it contentious for this week um, Up next, section 3 Our controversial Premier League section, Kevin Right with, <laughs> Some listeners not sure that we should be talking about it But um, that's coming up in Section 3. Join us then. We all
0: have goals, but sometimes we need a little help along the way. The best advice and assistance on
1: your journey can make an enormous difference. Tiger Management and PR represents up-and-coming and established TV and radio presenters, performers and sports people. So if you're wondering how
0: you'll rise to the next level, engage the services of Tiger Management and PR and you'll no longer be alone. (laughs) Call one 784 212 to
1: find out more or visit tigermanagement.com.au Back to 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to Section 3 of the 442 Insider podcast where we're looking at the Premier League. Um, starting with some of the Saturday results, Arsenal... Officially a resurgent Arsenal, we can we can say now, can't we? Um, yeah, it was three 0 p- over West Brom. Oh, season's on. West Brom didn't see it coming, did they? Van, Van Percy again, t- t- you know, just incredible form. He is just a gun, isn't he? Yeah, he's absolutely integral for how well they go this season. Um, need to sort out of how his contract. That's not been um, confirmed, yet, is it that he's definitely staying at the club. Yep. Um, good job that he's kind of. It, being made captain, I suppose that's an extra sort of appeal for him. But yeah, Arsenal sorting aside, an indifferent West Brom side three nil. Um, Aston Villa winning three two against a, a Norwich team that that makes it hard for everyone. Darren Bent with two goals there um, continues to be an important player for them. Blackburn.
0: Um, I'll just say Aston Villa doing remarkably well.
1: They're doing fine, aren't they? They really and are, but they're hard to beat. Um, yeah. You know, they, have, they haven't lost many games at all. As, as you say, they're 8th in the table at the moment, um, you know, below the likes of, you know, Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham. I mean, with the exception of a Newcastle falling in 8th would be considered the top of the chasing pack, really, Absolutely. wouldn't Absolutely, yeah. Um, I you, mean, if
0: you take Newcastle out of that equation, they're top seven and behind all the biggest teams. Yeah. Which is a phenomenal achievement, given, you know,
1: what they've gone through. Players have lost and my yeah. Um Yes, but Blackburn, who, um, to, to say they're struggling, might, might be an understatement, 19th in the table at the moment, only narrowly lost 1-0 to Chelsea. Frank Lampard goal there, showing there's still a little bit of life in um, in Frank, yeah? Yeah, and, uh, still not an awful lot of life in Chelsea, though. They're straight, they're lethargic, aren't they? They're just sort of... Plodding their way through, picking up enough at the minute. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, uh, you really got to hope that Roman uh, Roman Abramovich gives uh, a uh, Avb his third se- his second season because this season I think is not really going to achieve very much. I think they're going to have to write this season off and start afresh next season. Get some new signings.
1: Well, they've got to stay in that. I think you know top four, but certainly got to stay in that. Um, you know, top three really for for them to even be a re- reasonable season. Yeah. Um, Club that have gone out and spent a lot of money, Liverpool, um, picking up those sort of. They, they drew nil-nil with Swansea um, last weekend, and this is quite so you know those also run title contenders and Champions League contenders, and, and Tottenham were a bit like this last year. Don't pick up the bread and butter points, and that's something that Manchester United do incredibly. Yeah. Um. So drawing at home to Swansea, um. You know Swansea are going to go there and try and hold on. And it pan out exactly the way. They yeah, wanted I mean to.
0: Swansea have been playing some great games, uh, without a doubt. They're a much better side than I think a lot of people would have given them credit for at the beginning of the season. Um, but you still would expect Liverpool to to get a win at home against a small team mm. uh, as Swansea are, regardless. Especially given how much money they spent. I think Liverpool were going to have such a long season, uh, and it looked as if it was going to start so well for them. Yeah, um, I mean, they had the, certainly had the players. Yeah, no and they, they got start. off to a good start as well. Yeah. Uh, but just ever so slightly, it's gone off the rails. It went off the rails big time, and now they're trying to uh, pull it back back into shape again. Yeah, But 0-0 results against Swansea aren't going to be the, the, the basis for a good season for them.
1: I think, in general, the Anfield results have, have been their most disappointing. I'm not sure if that's the, the third Anfield game in a row where they haven't won. I'm not sure about that, by the way. But the, they're basically not doing great at home, and, yeah. and that makes a little difference. Manchester United... 1-0 Swansea with a Wes Brown own goal. Sunderland, Sunderland sorry. Yeah, one over Sunderland. I suppose the, the talking point before the game was um, Fergie's 25 years at Manchester United. Um, I was four when he got appointed. Seriously? Yeah. Gosh. So, <laughs> that's, you know, quite incredible. <laughs> a whole lifetime managing that club. i c- Imagine how stressful that job is, yeah. and imagine what it's like for his family and his wife, and he, you know, does that for nine months of the yeah. competitive football. I mean, it's, and, and it won't happen again. Oh God,
0: no, no. I mean, it twenty-five
1: years—that's it's that's just a complete. That's a lifetime.
0: Yeah, literally, it's a, a generation uh, that he's been in charge for. There are people, Manchester United fans, that have never known anything else but Fergie and being in charge.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean. I'd probably be one of those people as a family. I can't remember anything different to that and um, you talk about burnout you know even Pep Guardiola who's got the best team in the world at his disposal has, has made some comments about burnout and how he already you know feels the stress I mean if you, if you look at what he looks like now compared to when he started doing the job mm-hmm. um, you know Pep is open that he's not going to be spending Twenty-five years doing that job because yeah. he just he just couldn't. So I mean, having said that though, I think the pressures these days are, are very different from what they
0: were back in nineteen eighty-six when he, he when Fergie took charge. Uh, I mean, he was coming into a, a team that was struggling uh, even then, uh, dominated by Liverpool, mm. and he had you know three years to uh, get get things into order, and only. In the mid-90s, I would say that the pressure really, really ramped up. Uh, Premier League money and stuff it became money, yeah. very in different, didn't Europe it? Europe as well. Uh, it, it became a whole different bowl game. And by that time as well, he, he had a bit of momentum under his belt.
1: True, yeah. But I mean, this is the man in his late 60s that's oh, still you know yeah. plugging away. Yeah. The man is a freak. Um, Newcastle, continue their winning ways. 2-1 <laughs> over um, Everton, third in the league now. Relegation for the Newcastle find themselves. Yeah, well, the, their big tests start now. They've got three big games
0: coming up, uh, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Uh, which you know could make the huge difference. But you know they're sitting pretty in 25 points. They're only six points off the lead. Yeah. In the league, uh, you know the, the three points clear of Chelsea and Tottenham. <laughs> sure. And six points clear of Liverpool. Even if they lose the next three games, they're still going to be up top half of the table. Uh, they've they've done a great job, and I've no idea how. No. You you I... Pardew certainly deserves a
1: oh. a slice of the credit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fantastic. I honestly thought they'd made a huge mistake by getting rid of Chris Hutton, but uh, mm. Pardew has done a phenomenal job. Yeah.
1: With nothing. Completely. I mean, uh, just a side note on the the renaming of St James's Park, to the Sports Direct Arena. I think. <laughs> it 's a terrible name in itself sports director arena i don 't necessarily have a problem with renaming the stadiums i think that 's going to become pretty standard practice absolutely. to, to, to yeah, be honest with yeah. you i uh, 'm surprised it's, there's so many
0: uh, venues have managed to survive without it absolutely. yeah
1: to be honest and you know it's, it.
0: what, what did disappoint me was that it 's the sports director arena with no apostrophe what? I feel we should have maintained the St james 's Park by having a random Improper use of an apostrophe, yeah, in there, so it should be sports hive a eh, sports apostrophe
1: king 's cross uh,
0: Do you ever th- just don 't <laughs> go
1: there Princess street in yeah?
0: in edinburgh
1: yeah there 's a book here, i don 't know if you 've read it um eat shoots and leaves yes. a, yeah, the book purely about um, quite how annoying getting apostrophes wrong can be um, next game qpr two Man city three qPR giving the mighty Man city a, a bit of a run for their money, but as has often been the case this season, Men's City have had just too much, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and once again, pick up on, another three points to maintain that five-point buffer at the at the top of the league.
0: QPR, again, doing remarkably well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, look at
0: that, the three uh, three promoted sides this season, 9th, 10th and 11th.
1: Mm, yeah, the, the, I read a piece on the, the Guardian saying that that's sort of flipped a little bit in recent years, where previously the teams that had gone up were seen as real... For relegation, then yeah. and now there's a few sort of uh, that are sticking around. And Also, there's there's some pretty ropey established teams in there. I mean, Blackburn and Wigan just right. look to be limping out yeah. of the division, I mean, don't there's they? There's some that have well
0: overstayed the welcome and should have gone down. You know, a couple yeah. of seasons before,
1: Wigan were bloody
0: lucky to stay up. Bolton were bloody lucky to stay up. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, a few times, yeah.
0: Um, not necessarily last season, but the season before, Bolton were lucky, I think, to stay up.
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking about the two times. Bolton and Wigan have stayed up. It's both been at West Ham's expense. <laughs> no real surprise. Um, speaking of Bolton, Bolton five Stoke Neil. Um, a Stoke team, an ambitious Stoke team that spent money to try and get themselves up there against a, a Bolton team that have been absolutely um, woeful at home. That's I mean that's Bolton's first home win. I mean that that's the first game Bolton haven't lost at home. Their home records win you know one win five losses now. Jesus. Um, 17 goals against which is the highest you know, amount against so a, a real surprise result um, there for Bolton an important one as well um, in London Fulham won, Tottenham 3 to- Tottenham nowhere near at their best here but um, yeah. good enough to beat Fulham when Tottenham hit
0: their uh, a hit the pace I think
1: they will be a serious challenger
0: uh, I can see them getting third place this season.
1: Yes, yeah, so I can I. There's, there's no reason why not, if, if everyone stays fit. And I, I know Harry looks like he's going to be away for a little bit, possibly five, six weeks, um, not doing the hands-on. But the, the team's fairly established, isn't it, in terms yeah. of you know, yeah. the players they've got. So, yeah, I think they'll, they'll definitely be in the shake-up for third. Um, Final game to review, um, Wolves 3, Wigan 1. So Wigan um, continue to be rock-bottom. big big win for Wolves gets them up to 13th okay well that was what happened last weekend there's no fixtures this weekend because of an international break Um, so that's all we've got for section 3 coming up in the fourth and final section we'll look at um, round 6 and a couple of Very important Socceroos games too.
2: The December issue of 442 magazine is on sale now. Inside is a special report on the reignited Manchester rivalry as Man U and Man City do battle for the EPL title. We speak to Ashley Young and Sergio Aguero about the contest. Elsewhere, we interview misfiring Chelsea striker Fernando Torres, catch up with Socceroo hotshot Josh Kennedy, plus interview Han Berger, Tony DiRigo and Billy Mehmet.
1: The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to the fourth and final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast where we're going to have a look at A-League Round 6. First of all, and then have a quick chat about our hopes of the Socceroos. But with the A-League first, Adelaide are home again. This time to Gold Coast in... um, what looks like it might be a more evenly match than we would have anticipated before the start of the season. Um will Adelaide sort of return to winning ways here? Well you know uh, you, you a, would say yeah you should say yes, shouldn't you really but it's I, the A League.
0: I am losing quite badly the A League tipping competition amongst the bloggers at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get any right at all last week. Which uh, which bloggers are doing well? Um the Central Coast Mariners ones. Oh right who are basically just tipping their team and using the joker each time.
1: Right, okay. So,
0: yeah. Um, but, so, I personally think this is the most unpredictable league in the world ever. I think it might be, uh, yeah. And find it good, ex- s- good excuses so for his difficult.
1: predictions which are coming up. Exactly. Um,
0: so, yes, on paper, Adelaide United should uh, run home with this. In reality, who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean... Just having a quick look at the fixtures, which we'll all go through, I think it would be fair to say that four out of the five, and that's the first four out of these five fixtures, are pretty evenly matched. Anything could happen here, and it wouldn't be a massive surprise. The second one of those games is Melbourne Heart hosting Newcastle Jets. Again, before the season, you'd think that would be the sort of game that Heart would pick up, but the Jets have been far better than we'd anticipated. Um, Gary Van Egmont settling back in there. He he's spotted
0: straight back in like he's never been away, isn't exactly, he? Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, if anything, he, he's got the team
0: already playing better football. You know, there's some nice passing going on, some nice movement, some nice shape.
1: Um, so, yeah, it's like he's never been away. Mm. Um, and not too late, I mean, for them to sort of... The sort of transformation that we saw at Brisbane under Ange that was sort of the tail end of one season and then really kicked in the following season. Um, potentially, he's got time with the the finals format. To he does, but uh, I think,
0: you know, he's got a much older um, playing squad than Ange had by the time he
1: whittled <laughs> down. What are you saying about Jeffers and Bridges? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um by the time Andrew got rid of Charlie Miller and Craig Moore and everything else, he, you know, had a lot of younger kids who were more adaptable, perhaps, to his way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, whereas I don't think Van Eggman's necessarily got that in that position, uh, but he, you know, he's got a, a bunch of players who are willing to do anything to win. Mm. Uh, there's a great team spirit at the Jets; always has been.
1: Yeah, the sort of siege mentality. Sometimes you so. see it in the Mariners as well. Yeah. They they get that really right. Um, Melbourne aren't have to win this really. I mean, they don't have to win this, but. They'd feel a home game against a team like the Jets is is the perfect chance to sort of kick start the season. You would think so, but you know, the,
0: the, who else are they going to pick up points against? Uh, yeah, quite frankly, and
1: but they're struggling.
2: Uh, I can see them really drawing strong.
1: a lot of games, hard, yeah. and I can see this one being a draw, to be fair, yeah. as well. Um, the, the the next game up is a very interesting one. Perth Glory back at home against a, a Sydney sea team, which. Um, are kind of picking up a little bit of momentum, though not exactly sort of running away with it. Um, do you think that Perth will return to winning ways at Homer? I think this is
0: going to be the great, a really good chance for them to, to pick up some points because
1: uh, Sydney,
0: having had such a great performance last week, uh, immediately go into this match without Emerton because uh, yeah. he's away on international duty. So, you know, that's upset the balance that they just managed to find and get working well mm. uh, so, I think, you know, uh, Sydney are there for the taking
1: uh,
2: yeah.
0: from Perth. But, you know, uh, what, what team is Ferguson going to put out?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of talk at Sydney and say that Terry Antonis might be leaned on quite heavily this week to sort of play, you know, kind of the role he's been playing, but even more so Yeah. Um, in the, the absence of I that. I think the
0: reassuring thing that we're... we're from Sydney, the, the most reassuring sign from Sydney this year is the fact that Lovishka is prepared to play Antonis. Mm. Uh, he's had youth players in the past which you know have shone in the youth league.
1: Karen Exactly, but never
0: got the chance to uh, really do much with the, the senior team. This season, hopefully, it uh, looks like Lovishka's uh, learnt his lesson as giving the youth a bit of a head, a chance uh, and uh, Antonis is going to feature, and maybe Petras later in the season as well.
1: Sure, um, I mean that is an important game for for Perth to sort of talk about them as a as a top four team. And um, again, I think they'll be leaning on Smeltsy hoping that he'll better do something, you know, a little bit special, especially at home for for, for them to pick up the points. Um, I, I think I'm going to tip that for a draw as well.
0: Um, I would like to see Perth Glory win this one. Um, Realistically, though, yeah, I think you're probably right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On to the next game, um, which which is another intriguingly balanced one. It's Central Coast versus Melbourne Victory. Central Coast starting to pick up a few results, pushing themselves um, higher up than certainly how they started. Melbourne Victory, a few players missing. Um, Kewl, who's um, back into the Socceroos team after his blazing start to so Victory career, straight back in there. And was
0: playing some very nice touches in the uh, the game against uh, Roar last week. He
1: is, yeah. He, you know, all, all jokes some... side, he's drastically improving, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Um, you,
0: you can see he's lifting his game with every game. Uh, and, yeah, was instrumental in uh, one of the archer goals and uh, just putting in some really nice touches. Having said that, though, Emerton was on fire last week. Those was bloody back passes, left, right and centre, back heels, left, right and centre. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he really was, he was turning on the flare of something severe.
1: Do you, think, do you think that the league's been a little bit tougher than the two of them expected? No, well, yes and no.
0: I, think, uh, I don't think they would have come into it with any necessarily false ideas. But I think the problem is, and it's the one that is the same for every top-class player that comes into this league. The standard of the players that are around them aren't necessarily the standard of the players they're used to. Yeah. And it makes it very, very difficult for them to to shine. And you can see it occasionally with the uh, passes I saw with Emerton, actually, uh, the weekend. He did some great work and then fed it to somebody else and they stuffed it up completely. Yeah. Uh, and it, you could see... Just that little moment where the uh, yeah, just deflated uh, and other times where passes have been made, and people just haven't been where they should have been, or where they, uh, where cooler Emertons expected
1: them to be, and that's that's where it becomes a problem for them and what about this result? I mean, I suppose it's a, a test to see how important that victory draw was last week against the raw you tipping mariners or victory. It's going to be
0: interesting, but you know, uh, Victory aren't going to have Kovac, obviously.
1: No, there are quite a few players missing, really, aren't they? Because of, um, you know, international. Uh, Hernandez away with. Hernandez
0: is away as well. Costa Rica as well. So So I can see Mariners actually getting this one uh, just because it's it's a weakened lineup uh, for Victory. Having said that, you know, uh, as we were saying before, the the result against Roar. And the, the manner of which they win would have been the foundation, the, the bonding exercise that they perhaps needed. Uh, so I can see them uh, putting up a good fight, but I still see, I think Mariners can take this one.
1: Exactly. The final fixtures, something that we can predict with ease, surely. <laughs> Brisbane Roar hosting Wellington Phoenix. Um, not an ideal time for Wellington to go there. Not, not had some great results. Got to go away from home. Few injuries, few suspensions. You've got the Roar away. I would say with almost all certainty (laughs) that I can still a massive prediction coming on here that Roar will win this one. But when
0: victory went down to nine men, I, if I had had my house on the internet, that I could have bet with my betting company online, I would have done so. That they that Roar were going to win last week,
1: yeah, Uh, and
0: that. Proved not to be true.
1: You'd be sleeping in the office right now. I would, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's hard to sort of look past the raw for that. So, I mean, that's round six of the A-League. Just to chat on the Socceroos now. Tonight, they're playing uh, Oman in a qualifier. And then next week, they're taking on Thailand. Um, We're nearly there qualification-wise. Being a 100% record to start off with. Thailand being better than we expected but f- first of all a, a few comments on I mean do you, do you think they're going to offer any resistance
0: I suspect probably not to be honest I mean I, I think you know the, the not to underestimate them I think there will be tough competition mm. um but I, I think we should I would be very very disappointed if we don't get past them uh, mm. in with a 2-0 win
1: I mean th- This applies for both of these games. Is there anyone that you'd sort of like to see given a chance? I mean, Mitch Nichols, people are talking about because he's in the squad. Yeah,
0: I think Mitch Nichols at this stage would be great to have in the squad. Um, I think it's good experience for him uh, to be to be part of the the setup. Maybe bring him on second half, but yeah. I wouldn't necessi- I wouldn't be starting him just yet. No. Uh, if we win this one, and you know, qualification is pretty much good as guaranteed after that, uh, then by all means, you know, start him against Thailand and see how he gets on. But uh, I think it should be evolution rather than revolution. Yeah. Uh, we Holger's doing a really good job of slowly bringing in new faces, slowly changing the lineup. That's what we need more than uh, complete wholesale changes uh, from start to front to back.
1: Yeah, he's knocking on the door of a a tough position there, you know Cahill, and even more so Brett Holman now. Must be one of the first names on. I think he's pretty much got that position nailed
0: down. Uh, It's interesting as well that uh, Moyes also seems to have lost a little bit of faith in Cahill. He's on the bench much more these days. I mean, uh, Mm. he 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 no longer seems to be the first choice for Moyes either. Uh, Yeah. But Everton are struggling I think they're just trying Every possible combination they can To yeah. see if that works for
1: them A little aside on Brett Holman um, Today I received We've done a photo shoot of him for the, for the coming issue And we remember doing a photo shoot of him Before the World Cup And they are two different people Not just because he's got shorter hair But even just You can see it in pictures People can't really hide how they feel he just looks so confident yeah. in these yeah. pictures. He's sort of, you know, smiling and laughing, and and everything's going his way. I mean, he's he's top of the Air Division, isn't he? With um, yeah, uh, over the weekend as well. Yes, yeah, scoring well. Main man for his international team. You know, World Cup on the horizon, peak of his career. Yep, yeah. um, it's a pretty incredible turnaround, isn't it? Really it really is. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, and you know, all the fans that uh, were haters before have turned around as well and can see what.
1: Only a few people could see him, yeah. to be fair. Well, that was the accusation before that he was, he was a bit of a coach's player, yeah. um, which I think is a hard term to, to define and defend sometimes. But he, he's certainly going great at the moment. And, and that second game away to Thailand, um, when we creeped past Thailand before, it was considered a, a disaster. But Thailand themselves have gone on. And and shown that they're they're perhaps a little bit better than we yeah. first you know first yeah, thought. So so run. that that's going to be a tricky game, especially with all to play for Thailand. I would have thought at that time.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you still expect a win or if, an, not, experimental I, if, if it's an experimental team? If it's an
0: experimental team, if we've already qualified, and we we put out a few changes to the team, mm. not necessarily experimental, but you know just uh, one or two new faces in there, um, then yeah, we could be uh, could be happy with a draw.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the the thing is about qualification process is it, it's getting there, isn't it? For this first thing? I mean we we're, we're playing well enough, and people are break break into the team and doing well. Um, I, I think that the, we'll beat Oman, and then that Thailand game will kind of be yeah. a little bit academic. I think
0: that the the fixtures after Oman, if we do win, should be used to just try one or two new faces per game, uh, and just give a few people a taste of the the setup and see how they fit. in.
1: Excellent. Well, thanks, for that Kevin. That's all we've got for this week's Four Four Two Insider podcast. Um, join us next week, where Jacko will be back after he's limping back. I know. Yeah, picked up ripped it a, calf muscle. Was it a calf injury? I mean, what? That's all that sort of ambitious running around. I think exactly. in In yeah. what sounds like an incredibly intense. He's SFA. not a young man either these days. No, no it's Kevin's words, not mine. But uh, <laughs> thanks for that, Kevin. Um, and as for everyone else, listen in next week.
0: 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.